makes you the number one. Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. As the Supercoach world overreacts to the weekend's trial games, we will be an ocean of reasonable nuance advice. You'd expect nothing less. And here to dispense some of that wisdom is a bloke who definitely wasn't spotted doing donuts at his local shopping centre car park this afternoon, screaming, Cobbo's named it fullback this week. It's Wilf. How are you, mate? <laughs> Come on. I, I knew Cobbo was going to be named at fullback, all right? So that's probably the only reason I wasn't doing those doughies. <laughs> you weren't. Uh, sources say otherwise, mate. Uh, we're also joined by reigning champ Tim Moody, mate. You've been getting more media coverage than Vladimir Putin lately. How are you handling the <laughs> workload? Yeah, they're not too bad, man. I just employed a couple of personal assistants and um, someone to do my makeup, and yeah, I'm 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 killing it, mate. As long as you don't invade the Ukraine, you're sweet with me. But guys, tonight, obviously, the trial games are on the weekend. Everyone's talking about them. How much you can read into that is up to you. But we do have a special crossover episode with the blokes from the Talking League podcast, NRL Fantasy Specialists. Uh, say good day to the boys, TK. How are you going, mate? Doing good. Did you just compare us to Russia? We're invading your podcast. Uh, yeah, I probably <laughs> did. What are you going to do about it? Well, I'm Putin, mate. <laughs> no, nah, it's, 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 it's a real honour to it's a real honor to be on the – I listen every week. And, yeah, it's, thank you for inviting us on. We're really excited. Good to know. Also, uh, Andy, mate, um, sitting next to TK there. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Rumour has it. Uh, I actually did say Wilf – um, attacking Tessie News hamstring, so um, that's that's that could be the rumor mill there. Via he, voodoo uh, doll, <laughs> just poking pins just in. Him. <laughs> I actually have met Tessie in person. He's a lovely bloke. I would never attack his hamstrings like. That. <laughs> <laughs> nah, look excited for this part two of the podcast. Yeah, Wilf doesn't get quite as starstruck with Tessie as he did with the milf. Hey, Wilf. Um, third member of the Talking uh, League podcast. It's Corby, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Joe. Uh, just going back to the, you can read as much as you want into the trials. I agree, except for the Dragons with their victory over the Eels. I think um, could see a little sniff at the Premiership with the Red <laughs> Take that to the think? bank, mate. Have you already bought your grand final tickets? <laughs> yeah, mate. I got them the other day. Early bird. He camped outside Ticket Tech, despite the he fact there's no Ticket Tech there. left. As a Bulldogs fan, I don't have that kind of stress in my life. <laughs> All right, boys. So, look, got this crossover episode. Uh, you know, Tim, Wilf and I have guested on your podcast, which you can get where, uh, you know, podcast uh, platforms of your choice. But here to, you know, talk us through some of the differences between the, the game we all know and love and NRL Fantasy. Wilf, you've got a couple of things there. We want to probe the boys uh, for some questions on the difference between the two games. Yeah, so uh, firstly, I just wanted to say, like, you know, this is over a year in the making. Uh, TK and I had a chat about doing this. We just couldn't find the time last year. But, you know, I, I've been plugging your guys' podcast because you just have such great connections, TK. Like, the, the guests you have on and the, the insights you get out of these people is just amazing. We've been telling anyone and everyone to listen to you guys because we just find out so much information, like, about the players, about the coaching, about what to expect from the teams, just absolutely amazing. How do you do it, man? How do I do it? Well, thank you for plugging for starters because we know how reputable your podcast is and how many people listen to your podcast. So thank you for the plug part one. It just all comes from my other podcast, Talking With TK. 
just doing long form interviews and getting to know a lot of the players and coaches on a personal basis. And you'd be funny, like for example, Corbs, he grew up with the two Croker boys and he introduced me to Jared and that's how Jared came on the podcast. But it's funny how, you know, people within your own circle know everyone. And I think that's the great thing about rugby league is the fact that it's not the NFL where people get paid $30 million. Like, yeah, the players get paid very, very well, but majority of them are on not that huge of money. So they're just normal, regular people trying to really have a dig in life. So a lot of them have great stories and you connect with them. And then just being nice and just asking good questions, I feel, different from what the general kind of journalism is like. I don't need a headline from anyone. And for me, I try to, well, to be honest, I try and get as many fantasy relevant questions in there <laughs> they're, they're good as much questions. as I can. And, yeah, hopefully it does serve both communities because I think a lot of the interviews are relevant for both sides of it and like i said i think there's a room for for both to coexist and for both of i think this is the biggest aim is for i think both our listeners should play the other form of the game and you know i think there's room for both and everyone come together as a big you know fantasy family instead of kind of being a little bit distant yeah, yeah there, there is a real tribalism, isn't there? Um, you know, not only between football, you know, sides and supporters, but even between super coach and NRL fantasy. You know, we're all stat geeks that that love love mm. our footy. So, you know, what uh, you know we have in common is infinitely more than than kind of our personal tastes uh, in the different games. And and uh, I would add to what Wolf was saying around uh, the quality of the interviews made and. And I guess maybe inside that Sydney bubble, you don't have to show them too much love to differentiate yourself from some of the media coverage down there. I appreciate that, Joe. And hopefully we've got a few more this week. I sat down with Paul Momorowski today, which was quite interesting. And nice. Jared's on tomorrow and also Jamin Joloff. And maybe Chatty Townsend, he's just got to figure out his time. So we've got a few nice. more interviews to wrap well, up this week. You're getting getting the people, man. I'm Respect. Yeah, TK brings that. Last Cor- week was Corbs better, brings- mate. you got to catch up on last week. <laughs> Hook was on last week in Fitzy. Corbs brings wow. the, uh, the the croakers, and I'll just bring the a vibe. There we go. That's what I'm here for. It's the whole Marbo, you know? Yeah. yeah. And the guns. Don't forget the, about the guns. <laughs> hey, no, I was going to say, TK, what, you, you're absolutely spot on because I love how subtle you are about your fantasy-relevant <laughs> yeah. questions. Like, I, I'm listening. I'm like, TK's asked that, but he really wants to know this. So I'm, I'm listening <laughs> to the answer there. I, trapped, I think I trapped Hook the other day because me and Andy saw Birdie at the gallon fight. And we just directly asked him, where are you playing? He said mid. So I go, how am I going to trap Hook in telling me what I want? I go, well, I've seen him at the fight and he told me he's playing in the mid. What's the go? And then he actually had to spill the But he can't lie, right? No. Well, he could, but he was obviously... He <laughs> we know. We're to not lie to your face, <laughs> yeah. which Exactly. The assistant coaches are actually the best. Like, because they've got nothing really to hide. I think sometimes the head coaches can still be a little bit cagey for some reason. They don't know that in round one we're going to figure it out anyway. So, but I get it. You know, they're getting paid big money. They're under pressure. But the assistant coaches, they just want to have a yarn and they're not, they're a lot more open. So when I get assistant coaches on, I think they're the, the go-to. The one I did with Justin Morgan, I feel was better than the other two. It was really good. I was about together. to say, that one was yeah. absolutely amazing. So anyone who hasn't listened to that yet, definitely, you get some massive insights to the Warriors. I mean, I put Fanua Blake into my team after listening to it and also seeing how well he played in the trial as well. So mm. absolutely love it. So yeah, can't, can't recommend enough. So talking league, um, just look it up on all major podcast platforms, NRL Fantasy Podcast, just really good stuff there. 
but as we talked about, this is a bit of a crossover episode. Um, we were lucky enough to go on yours and you, we kind of talked to you about Supercoach and tried to be the experts there. So it's your turn to teach us how to play NRL Fantasy. I'll admit I play every year in that I sign up, make a team, and <laughs> every round I'll, you know, every time I get the reminder email going, you haven't touched a team, uh, do something. So I'll log in, I'll, I'll make some trades, and I realize because, you know, price changes happen. I'm like, I'm three weeks late to trade in, you know, some, some random chiefy that I really should have gotten from week one. And yeah, my team just goes nowhere. Uh, I think my career best, I did finish top 1,000 once. It was a long time That's ago. Good, that was long. Uh, it was actually the same year I won Supercoach. So wow. a long time ago. Definitely correlated the stats there. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah, it's 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 a whole different era. But yeah, I don't know, Joe. Did you ever play uh, much NRL fantasy? Yeah, I did back in the day, and it, and it ended up getting a little bit uh, too much for me. My commitments with uh, the Supercoach Talk website, and obviously I used to write things like the Ten Commandments of Supercoach every year, and got a bit overwhelming. I think it was the great debacle of, uh, you know, the round one debacle where people couldn't register and, and logged their teams kind of, I don't know, maybe it was five, six years ago. That was probably the final straw for me. And, and from all reports and what I understand, the uh, the games kind of really, you know, gotten it together and, and made a point of difference from Supercoach. I think back in the day it used to be a bit more of a pale imitation of Supercoach and now it stands on its own two feet. So I'm going to give it a go again this year for the first time in a while. And Tim, did you ever play NRL Fantasy? No, I've never played it. I'm sort of just following these guys now. I'm a little bit excited about having something else to, to do. I thought it would be a bit confusing trying to balance two things, but I just think he's got to treat them separately. And oh, this sounds like a good thing. You both. can make a team while they teach us about NRL fantasy. So, <laughs> Boys, why don't, why don't you have a it has an app. crack? It's got an app, right? It's got an app it I can download. A, it yep. does. But yep. why don't you guys have a crack at being the first champ champ, like a Conor McGregor of both? like Different belts. <laughs> oh, look, I, I think that would be <laughs> amazing. So, yeah, Tim, look, you're up, mate. <laughs> oh, first, get a crack. First year and, and try to win. No. Um, so, look, I think start us off, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, probably the key difference in terms of the scoring and maybe, like, the structure of the teams and give us a bit of a rundown on those things. Nice. Andy, you want to kick us off? Oh, I think the major one, really, is the attacking stats a lot less. So, like you said, was it 14 points for a try for Supercoach? 17 for us. Seven, yeah. 17. Jeez, even more. Where it's only eight for, for fantasy. So, the balance comes a little bit – it's a little bit um, more spread across just sort of defensive stats and – you got your tackle breaks and your tackles obviously are one point. Your tackle breaks have dropped to two now instead of uh, three last year. But uh, your offloads have got to four instead of uh, two last year. So it's sort of offset a bit, but it's a little bit more so balanced. Off, you, do an off, you do an offload, you get four points for that. If it's, a, if it's a offload to the hands, if it's offload to the ground in, and it still goes backwards, wow, that's it's like two half points. a try. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. So you, those sort of no, middle forwards where you've got a junior Paulo who loves an offload or a Clamour who backs himself in the line and pops it off all the time, end up getting some decent scores for mid, so it balances it that way. But, yeah, you don't get your 150 points or, or sort of that sort of similar scoring from your wing of fullbacks. Yeah, I think... Okay, so, a, yeah, you've just got to target the rules a bit differently and the scoring a bit differently to the way you select your players, I guess. Yeah, yeah 100%. So, on our side, the wing fullbacks in the halves, the scoring got a little bit out of control. So, I don't know if Peter Vlandis had his own fantasy team, but he wanted to get the mids back in. Because they're the ones that, with the new, so with kick meters now, it's divided by 30 instead of before it was divided by 20. 
So that hurts a lot of the halves, especially the ones... Like, Nathan Cleary's fine because he's got great try assists. I think as a general overall player, he's outstanding. When you've got someone like Mitchell Moses who's become more of a game manager, probably Jamal Fogarty is in the same boat, where they rely a lot on kind of game management and kicking. All of a sudden, when you're stripped of divide by 30 instead of divide by 20, you know, you could lose seven points on your average from the season before. So that's... At the moment, it's you, you, we're just trying to balance it out. Of do we need a mad pack, or are we underestimating some of the even the general rules that the NRL is bringing in with the penalties? Will that slow down the game? Will the tackle the tackle breaks are huge, especially for wing fullbacks? You think Teddy? He's got something like seven a game, same as Brian Toho. So we're talking about guys that were averaging close to sixty that are now low fifties players if they repeat what they did in the previous season, which is still pretty good. So. So that's huge because so you guys are obviously coping with uh, some you know scoring and rule changes as well, just like we are in mm, Supercoach yeah. land. So they so sort of, I, I think that's exciting. Uh, they had sort of, of priced it out a bit. So like naturally, Cleary was he was priced to add what what he was. So last year he was obviously up to one point two million or something, but they've already brought his price down to what it is. So it's actually not too bad for him, but some other some other players they haven't really done that to, or they've sort of projected them differently. So you sort of that's where the value is for fantasy. I'm assuming it's the same for Super Coach, but uh, yeah, those are the stats that we're looking for and trying to give it to our punters. Yeah, Corbs, do you want to explain the Cleary unicorn points, mate? <laughs> yeah, so, I think it's similar in Super Coach. Sometimes it's usually the last 15 minutes of the game, <laughs> and non-Cleary owners get very nervous at this stage of a game. And the Cleary owners are just rubbing their hands together, just waiting for the points to start accumulating. <laughs> and Cleary literally just stands there on the field and um, racks up the points. And he may not even touch a ball and can get 50 points in quite quick succession. <laughs> there's, there's two people like that in Supercoach. One of them, obviously, is Cleary. Um, and be fascinated to know if this is the same in fantasy. Cody Walker, he's a shocker for junk points and oh. uh, unicorn points in the last two minutes. He's... he's uh, perhaps because Supercoach you get more for tries and line breaks and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, as a non-Cody Walker owner for much of last year, he, he killed my season. Yeah, It's, it's, it's a funny one yeah. because like uh, we were talking about in Part A when we were doing the crossover. In terms of people blowing up, the, the Cleary unicorn points is nearly at the top of the list every week and it's all the non-Cleary owners. There was actually a um, Facebook group that, had some fairly high numbers last year that was uh, the Cleary non-owners. And we, we tried to get Andy to infiltrate it because Andy was a latecomer to getting on their Cleary bandwagon. Too late, way too late. I tried to do, like, you guys had the Cleary, I'd, I'll try something different. So, you know, if it doesn't work out, I might go well. But, yeah, definitely did yeah. not go well. But <laughs> we had our... Did you jump on instead? I, oh, no, I eventually got him. I eventually got him towards yeah. the end, but I just paid overs for him. Still... Was, yeah, yeah. It was good for me, but yeah, I was too far behind. We have those support groups as well for Supercoach, usually for <laughs> non-Tom Trevojevic owners, like yeah. for those who are still playing. <laughs> I mean, Wilf held Pappenhausen from Magic Round. He's brought it up again. All the, like for about three months <laughs> until he returned. Didn't you, Wilf? <laughs> round one to round 25. Ryan Pappenhausen all the way. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't smart. All right. Uh, look, it's a gamble. Well, to That's be what fair, by the end, I was just holding on for the meme. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I was committed. I just, you know, I might as well stick it out to the end. We wouldn't be laughing now if you didn't. So thank you for that. <laughs> hey, Joe, just back to answering your question about Cody Walker. The disappointing thing in, in fantasy, Cody doesn't actually score that well. His average is actually around that 50 mark. 
And his back end of the season was huge after Origin for us. I think he averaged something like 72. But before that, he was in like a mid-40s. So for a guy yeah, that's is got... It, is that because Reynolds is the field general staring him around and getting the kick meters? Well, or? I guess we don't reward tri-assists enough. And mm. he's the best what, playmaker in the NRL and the way I see things. But just the way we score the game just doesn't suit because we just don't have attacking stats. So... yeah. I do feel like, and, and, you know, the whole, when you were mentioning kick meters, like that was very foreign to our super coach players because we don't get to kick meters. Oh, Halves don't get points okay. for that at all. Okay. And, you know. Yeah, like when even, you're talking about the divided by 20 or 30 stuff, I'm going, oh, what's he talking about? You know what <laughs> I mean? So, but that's so what, that's time, where that comes in, isn't okay. it? Yeah, yeah. So every time a half puts in a really good kick, you know, finds grass, you know, gains 50 meters for the team or whatever. That gets zero points for super coach. So no, 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 forty twenty. Well, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, look, if they kick a forty twenty, forty twenty, that's, that's great. But yeah. you know, if they kick from their own twenty and then it lands and rolls and and then the fullback picks it up on the opposition twenty, like that's zero points. So you know, that's where I think sometimes NRL fantasy, like they get that right. It rewards stuff like that. Yeah, it's actual are, good. It's a good thing yeah, they've done. Great, great yeah. NRL on field play, and and it rewards the points. But I guess that's where super coach they they sometimes well. You know, like a Ruben Garrick catch and fall over the line gets you 31 points or something like that when he kicks the goal as well. Um, and that's worth way more than, you know, DCE kicking the ball into the corner and, and you know, setting his team up in a great position. Yeah, so okay. I do think uh, NRF Fantasy has that huge difference there. Um, and I think with you guys, you, we, you do run meters different as well for the forwards, right? You don't do like hit-ups and things so, like that. No, nah, so you run 10 meters, you get one point. And right, because Supercoach does the weird thing where you, you run eight metres or over, you get two points for the hit-up, and okay. you run eight less, you get one point. So very arbitrary line of eight metres for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I think someone, someone determined that that a quality hit-up was an eight-metre eight run, and so that should be rewarded, which, you know, obviously very odd when you bring it up. Um, uh, Joe, Joe, Joe just quickly jump back to the Cody Walker. So he's seventh highest in average and price for you guys, and he's 45th average in fantasy. Wow. wow. Mm. Such a foreign, foreign... That's off last year's results, so yeah. there's obviously a few new changes, but that just puts a little bit of perspective to what so, TK and your boys are talking about before. So, we've, um, so obviously we've established attacking points, and, and Cody Walker's a great example of, of how you know fantasy doesn't reward it in the same way as Supercoach. Kick meter is obviously important for your halves. You mentioned, I think, Andy Wing and fullbacks before, but I guess as someone who hasn't been part of fantasy for a while now, given that it is much more about your base stats, I would have thought kind of your pain horses, your, mm-hmm. your kind of workhorse middles that get through your 40 tackles a game and a bunch of hit-ups. I mean, are they generally your stars? Yeah, they definitely are. So at the moment, he's probably priced himself out if you want to balance your team out a little bit. He's nearly 800 grand. But last year, he actually started at a million bucks and he peaked out around that Sharks game. I think it was around that first first origin and it was kind of a mid-600s because he couldn't... We've got a break-even that you have to hit every every week. So if you hit your break... If you're above your break-even, you'll continue to make money. If you're below, you will lose money. So I think that's very similar to you guys anyway, right? Just you yep. guys got the three yep. days, three... Three weeks, sorry. But, yeah. So, guys like, you know, Wolf, we mentioned Adam Fenor Blake at the start of the show. Like, I'm huge on him because I think he'll be the next sort of premium mid. And I think just having a look at the new scoring rules, I think we actually do need three quality mids. So, at the moment, mine are Junior Paulo because of, again, the offloading rules I'm having a look at. 
having a look at Adam Fanua Blake and probably Stefano, even though he let let us all down, especially Corby, because that's Corby's love interest last week in the trial. But Not I think far you need behind Meany, Joe. Don't worry, Meany's <laughs> still up there with him. You beauty. <laughs> <laughs> but you're spot on, mate. Haas is one of the best. He's he's easily probably him and McKinnis. Just, will just be the for top um, context, we we established that Joe and Corbs are actually best buddies on the Nick Meany bandwagon here. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> what? <laughs> Quite clearly. The only two people on the Nick Meany bandwagon, probably. <laughs> they can join their own Facebook group <laughs> for, oh, for Nick Meany owners. There's plenty of space on the bandwagon, but it's filling up quick, boys. Filling yeah. up quick. Speaking of those mids, but Joe, one of the weird ones that actually happened was Cameron McInnes this year. So he didn't play last year. So he actually got valued quite highly using his 2020 stats, which usually doesn't happen. And then he lost his hooker. So he's only down as a mid this year, despite the fact that he played more games at hooker in 2020 than he did at lock. But we get a little bit of these... It's just weird. Like, for example, Adam Dewey's another one. So he played centre and 5'8 last year. But he was marked as a, a dual-wing fullback half last year. So he retained that, even the, despite the fact he never played fullback last year. So we've got a few weird things that actually happen. And I think we need to kind of put together like a board that actually can review these sort of things, especially in the off-season, because they are just the, just these little things that really annoy us at the moment, just just my little mistakes. It's just interesting because, like, obviously we complain about that kind of stuff as well for Supercoach, but I guess, you know, relative to those things, it probably seems like we we might have it a little bit better. So, like, with McGinnis, a good example there is, like, he's been discounted heavily in his price. Mm. Obviously, for, for Supercoach, you know, 2020 was huge as well. Like, I think he averaged, you know, a close to... 75, 80 points at some stage, and uh, he's priced at uh, a 60 average to yep. start if, if in Supercoach. So, you know, he's factored that in. He's still got his dual position for the second row and hooker position as well. So they've kind of looked after us in, in, in many respects in that regard. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. It sounds like in definitely um, NRL Fantasy make it a bit tougher at times. One thing we've obviously talked about very often, um, even on the Supercoach podcast, is the fact that you get price changes after one... Um, you know, first game, like how does that change your strategy when it comes to the cheapies? Like, do you just have to, you know, balls to the wall, just all in or, you know, is there a bit, bit of a bit more nuance to picking those guys? Well, it's, I'd say that becomes more of a bit of a gamble. Like it's, it's what Tim mentioned on the, in the first podcast. It's about having that sort of, if you, if you just started it and you didn't know he was going to start and he looks like he's going to lock that down. It's like, if you can actually project him starting, you sort of, it's an easier gamble, but yeah, you sort of have to jump on pretty quick. I'm a little bit less risk-adverse. I, I created my three-date rule. So to put a player in, I need a sample size of three because I believe that's enough to validate me bringing someone in, whether they're cheap. Usually it doesn't work that great with the cheapies, but I also think the downside risk isn't that much as well. It's it's great for anyone kind of over like a mid-range 450 to your high high risk because you're spending a lot of money and you want to get this trade right. And it, it did me well, especially with the Storm Boys last year. Because like, I was able to time when used, I saw the three. I used it for use, I used it for cheese, I used it for Heinz. And then I made just not only did I was making a lot of money from these three guys, like I just tipped when they were needed the most by the Storm and the averages went from kind of like mid-40s players to 65 players just in those three games. And then I just jumped on. People, some some people jumped on with me, some people don't. But that that combination, those three guys, and that's kind of where I bring in sort of that thing that you do need that sample size of three just to make an informed decision. And that's just the way I go. 
trades are, are kind of worth their weight in gold in Supercoach and, and always we kind of spend them too much earlier in the season and regret it later on. You talked about, you know, kind of weighting uh, and the value of a trade in fantasy. I mean, how do you balance the value of a trade versus, you know, someone who might go up 50 or 60 or 70K, you know, the, the team value yeah. to you? Corbis, you want to take this one? Yeah, I, I guess it's just where where you're sort of sitting in the season. I think that was probably our biggest take from. But that was last year was the first time we played classic. And TK, what did you come in at? Two seventy three. Two seventy, and I was four forty. So we went all right, but we our biggest flaw, I think, was we didn't trust our research at the start of the season. Like looking back, we're like, why did we get rid of him so quick? Yeah, we just panicked when you. Yes, you are trying to find that money and, and build that team salary up as quick as you can to sort of set yourself up for the second half of the season. But I think that let us down a little bit. So, yeah, I, I would say sort of I reckon it's around that 100K. If you can't see a 100K value, um, I think we sort of talked about that value, then I don't know if it's worth it. Um, but then there's also, you know, that the other strategy to bring in someone cheap that's just going to sort of plug in your team and um, also just be able to sit down the emergencies, which is a, a sort of their structure that we have on our bench, which is um, also quite a bit different to what you guys have. So yeah. if that's answered your question, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> but, Can I just say how impressive that is, though? If that's your first year plan overall and you're both in the top 500, that that's... That's amazing. Oh, there was some luck, but I, I just wish I listened to the more experienced players that kept saying, hold your trades, hold your trades. Like yeah. four rounds to go, I was 52nd. And then it was amazing. the round when Corey here, we were a Naira, knocked out Jerome Hughes. So that's two players gone. Yeah. Then I got lost. The next game, Ryan Madison got sent off. The next game, Angus Crichton got sus- got suspended. So I got left because of the – I only had four edges. I lost three edges in that. So I only had Fafita, and he was on a downhill – and then I could only field 16 for the, until the very last round when Crichton came back. I was fielding lies like Bailey Simonson just to field a team. Like, it was just disastrous. Struggle, like, struggle is real if you're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just lucky that I had enough guns in there just to keep me, just afloat and keep me in that top, well, I ended up 273. So that was still, but it was decline. It went, I was crying. I went from 50th to 100th yeah. to 150th to 200th and then just hanged, hung on just for that last bit. And I'm going, thank God, because... Yeah, God, that sent shivers down my spine. I was relying on Falakiko Manu from the Bulldogs in my seventeen for the last, <laughs> year, for the last few weeks of last year. I was desperate. It, I was about to say, uh, Joe's probably uh, sitting there going, "Oh, Bailey Simonson, that would have been nice, luxury, luxury." <laughs> <laughs> so I think that I guess that says to me that draft is probably a lot more popular in NRL fantasy than it is for Supercoach. Would you say that? I don't know. I don't know what the stats are, but we sort of started draft seven for like eight, seven years ago. So that, yeah. that's where we sort of came from and done all our stats from. And us three actually go pretty well because we're pretty stats heavy. Oh, and mate. so we got the idea to do the pod. But yeah, I'd say it will be like, I feel like there's a few people, but I don't know if the draft people really jump on the chats or not because mainly it's all just classics just posting their teams what do you reckon what are your thoughts so yeah i think yeah, we're, we're trying to bring everyone in boys you know how we're trying to connect the two communities mm. i still think there's another community underneath the classic community being the draft community for mm. us so there's kind of like all these fractions that i kind of want to bring together because i think everyone can actually live in one happy life yeah absolutely yeah i think we we don't like I'll, I'll put up my hand. I've played draft for the last couple of years, but I'm certainly no expert. 
Um, and there's a few, you know, really dedicated draft podcasts for Supercoach as well, but mm. you know, for a lot of the time because they don't have a 50 grand, you know, cash price <laughs> and they're enticing people to play, yeah. it's just not been as popular. So obviously, you know, we focus on the overall as well, but look, I definitely know Supercoach, they're pushing draft more and more and they're trying to make it better. I mean, like Joe and I, obviously big on NFL fantasy, and then you know we played as well, Andy. I think yeah, it was not so uh, in that uh, NFL fantasy battle or whatever they called it. But <laughs> yeah, like I think it's it was good fun, and and we know how good draft can be and how much fun it can be. So yeah, we're definitely you know not that we're going to podcast and be experts about it, but we certainly look into it and have a lot of fun playing it too. Yeah, for sure. So just coming back to NFL fantasy, like I said, this is what we're hoping to learn about. Um, <laughs> I think one of the key things that that's different to me is also the team setup. Like mm. we have in Supercoach very regimented positions. So hooker, front row forward, second row forward, half back, five eighth. They're all split. So you know even the halves, like half back and five eighth, uh, one slot each. Yep. And you know we have one starter and one reserve, and one starter, one reserve. We can't mix and match. Whereas you guys have so much more flexibility in fantasy, right? Yeah, well, we've got six positions. So we've got a mid, edge, hooker, halves, centre, and wing fullback. So it does give you that scope, you're right, just because of those six positions. And especially with our dual working a little differently to how your dual works, where we can actually replace within our squad with a dual. So, for example, we were talking about this on the first podcast, where if you had a dual in Supercoach, you had a 5'8 that was a hooker slash... 5-8, if you didn't have a same scenario in your hooker, you can't actually replace them. But in ours, if you had that same scenario, you had a half slash hooker, or he can play hooker and replace the actual normal hooker who can just go back to the bench and become a scoring yeah. player as well. So you've got that kind of difference there. And I guess it is a little bit more of an advantage because you could, especially right now, where you probably want to kind of focus on jewels because they literally can cover your ass, especially if my scenario happens again. So one one player can really cover huge. two out of six positions. Like that's cr- crazy compared to Supercoach where you've got so many. Is that yeah, that versatility? I mean, like for Supercoach, when you have one dual position, it's kind of useless in a way. It might help you one or two trades now and yeah. then, but they're not able to help you in a pinch. Whereas, and to, I think maybe explaining the bench might help because you've got the four reserves, yep. but they're not like you, you don't. They're not in nominated positions. Whereas, like we have. Reserve our benches for center wings only, for yep. a five eighth only, which is it's huge. We could have that's, four yeah. scoring bench players that are all fullbacks. So technically, you could have Amazing. seven fullbacks if you wanted to on your team. Three wing of fullbacks and your four on your scoring bench. Uh, but it's not going to work out that way. There's probably only the, the the top four or five fullbacks there. But yeah, and the the money makers aren't there. So. Yeah, it's just a lot more versatile, the bench, I guess. Yeah. The only thing you've got to be careful about, boys, is the emergencies. Because if you lose a player from the starting lineup and you haven't got the exact same thing on the yeah. bench, there has to be an emergency that actually fills that position or you will go a player short. So that's still music to our ears because we get one emergency and it's the lowest scoring player on our bench, no matter oh, what position. So any position. Yeah. Okay. Any position. So it's brutal. Uh, so, yeah. like... We have to be very careful. Um, you know, we try to stay away from the Falakiki Manus of the world where, you know, they might still be in the 17 but scoring you 10 points or whatever. Or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, you, or you've got a player Corb, who's... Corb, the auto emergency, yeah. And Corbs, you know, you, you've you know, played a bit in both worlds. You started playing super coach before you kind of made fantasy your main thing. How does that flexibility with your bench impact what you do 
with your cash cows and stuff because in Supercoach, you you kind of if your cash cow is a five eighth only it can only occupy five eighth and has to be your backup so if your five eighth gets injured you're kind of screwed uh playing that i mean d- does it open up more possibilities to for your cash cows yeah well i guess like you know if there's two or three five eights you can get all three or five five eights in fantasy whereas in super coach like you said there's only two five eight spots so you know you probably need a decent scoring one and you guys obviously a bit more expert than me but but then it only allows you to get that one cheapie whereas yeah in the fantasy i can get all three five eights if they're providing enough value and and that was we talked about this last year there there was a lot of hookers that came in last year with as little simpkin with a rotation um now i've had a mental blank there was five or six. I remember a lot of cheap. Egan, Egan, pretty cheap. Connor Watson. Uh, mm. Connor Watson. And mm. you guys could have only picked the one. And I dare say you would have had a, a Cook or a Grant or a Marnie if you were clever enough to jump on that early. But we had, like, and it was pretty common, there was probably four or five hookers on the bench in some teams. Um, so, yeah, that was probably, that's probably the difference there. A bit more flexibility in choosing just all the cashies, not just player specific cashies whereas you guys are a bit locked into that do you know know what that brings in sort of that's i I find there's a lot more similar teams because of that one fact so like you said with super coach you've got the one cheaper you can bring in your halves whereas where with with fancy you've got Ilias, maybe amone you've got uh, clune might be being a good choice and everyone would have those three players whereas with super coach you'd have to pick one of them and that's where sort of that's where your research comes into a little bit more so I see that a lot where everyone's posting the same, the pretty pretty similar teams on the classic and the pods are your real sort of um, your standouts. So you have to be really smart with your pods and not the actual player you're picking. So that's where I see that sort of difference to Supercoach. I think and, it does play into that Supercoach as well. Sorry, Joe. Oh, I was just going to say you were, you were rattling off some uh, names in the halves which are also popular in Supercoach. It did strike me. Uh, another name that's popular in the halves that is reasonably cheap is Jackson Hastings. So how does fantasy treat Super League imports in terms of pricing? Well, very harshly this year. Mm. Usually if you haven't, especially for Oliver Gildard, who hasn't played a game of NRL, because they're able to use a little bit of sample from Jackson Hastings from his days at the Roosters and a little bit from the Manly days. So they've literally priced him for the starting games that he did have with the Roosters, which is a little bit, I think, unfair. Even when you have a look at his Super League stats, I had a look at him, and if I had to bring him back to NRL land and assume that he wasn't goal-kicking, because he didn't goal-kick in... He was a backup goal-kicker to Zach Hardacre in the Super League, so he'll probably average like 36, somewhere between 36 and 40. So you think, how many points are the Tigers, even if he got the goal-kicking, how many goals are they going to score anyway? Like... I'm not yeah, disrespecting, game, like maybe two, three. Gee, <laughs> three. Gee, that's super harsh because I would have thought if you're gonna if you're gonna base his stats off what he did in Australia, I mean, he was a ten minute off the bench utility hooker for yeah. for Manly for a while. So I mean, fair's fair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if you're gonna price him um, mm. when he was in a gun side like the Roosters, you gotta gotta you know take yeah. the bad with the good. So he ended up a mid range, which is around 450 by memory. And so he's only just behind someone like Sam Walker, who absolutely blew everyone off the park last year. So to think that the comparison that Jackson Hastings never has dominated the, the NRL, well, you're probably looking at Sam Walker, one of the best rookies of all time. And they're at the same price. One's playing in the team tip to win the premiership versus the team that their coach is 
you know, clinging onto his job from week to week. So you can kind of tell who you probably want to be siding with in those that kind mm. of argument, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's very different. Obviously, like Supercoach, you know, Hastings about three fifty thousand, Sam Walker's about five forty five, so it's almost two hundred grand difference between the two there. And again, that's part of the the high ceiling scoring attacking stats that we look for in Supercoach. Well, speaking of your prices, oh, sorry, um, yeah, I was going to say one. Yeah, so Toby Sexton, he how many? He had four games last four, year. Yeah, and he came in priced six hundred k for fantasy, which is. At the same Whoa. price as Ponga and Schuster, Jags. <laughs> and then in Supercoach, I mean, I'd still say he's fairly well priced in Supercoach, but 434. About 450, I think, or something. Yeah, 434K. And, you know, Ponga's still at about 600K. So uh, there's a, f- a few funny ones in, in fantasy that we've picked up on, and it's sort of just a no go zone because you obviously mm. want value just as much in your game as ours. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't provide that when they've sort of stitched him up with such a high price. Yeah, yeah. It certainly seems like Supercoach they give the discounts a little bit more liberally than they do for fantasy. So well, um, you would expect him to drop in price over the year, though, and you maybe might pick him up later if he comes down in price, or he wouldn't come down that much. You don't think? Who's that, Toby Sexton? Sexton. Well, he's got yeah. a break even at forty-eight, so that's quite high for a rookie half when you think. The spine, we're having a look at the other day, they went from a spine of having 400 games of NRL experience to a starting under 50 games. So there's a lot of pressure on that spine and for him to produce. And you think he's a very similar, I feel, in style to Mitchell Moses where they they do rely a lot on kicking. And we talked about before when I confused the hell out of you there, Timmy, <laughs> with the divided 30 and divided 20, like his yeah. kicking stats come out a lot. And you look at his sample as well, when you think three of the games were literally against teams that were out of the, the running for the top eight versus the Souths game when he scored, I think, a 41, which would be, they had a look at the stats, what it would be on today's rules. It would be about a 37. So you're kind of looking, if he's at a break even now, a 48, he would lose a ton of money if that was going to be a week-to-week scenario. Yeah, I think the, the thing with Sexton for us is just, you know, we don't know how he's going to go attacking stat-wise, whereas at least for fantasy, he's probably going to be the, the sole Kicker, right? Because I mean, I don't see AJ t- doing too much k- general play kicking and well, things like that. I've got my question ready for Jamin tomorrow. I'm going to ask him: Does AJ have a secret kicking game that we just don't know about? Because I need to know. Because you're right; he could be doing all the kicking. That's so good. Again, you know, <laughs> it's so good that you get to talk players. Love it. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I'll be I'll be hanging out for that chat, so I can hear all the Titans goss. No doubt that you'll subtly uh, extract from the, the, the young prop front rower, uh, not to cast any aspersions about how clued in the props are. <laughs> it means you we might actually, be able to ask the right questions to get the right answers, though. <laughs> we actually have a name for TK on our pod because he's really sneaky with his questions. We call him the snake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give you a little story. So, Corby last year. I've dropped, comes to dirt. I've dropped Wade Egan to the bench. Because I needed to field a full team, and I'm, I ring Corbs, and we, you may, usually me and Corbs will talk on a Sunday and just talk about trades. So I go, I need Egan back because my other hooker got got hurt. So what happens is, is when it free agency opens, the snake up the top, he takes Egan, and then he tries to trade me back, <laughs> and that's why. So the next episode, I got a snake sound, and I was just playing it the entire episode. 
every time he spoke. That's pretty funny. All fair in love and war. Hey, cool. Mate, he, he's still, mate, he's still going a year later. Like it's done, and he still loves Snake. How are you, mate? <laughs> I sort of forgot the reason he said it that much. I just thought he. Just... <laughs> this is what I love about draft leagues, right? You get all these little that, yeah. kind of inside jokes that oh, you just. That is the over. best part, eh? It's oh, the banter, and, and also Andy goes out with Corby's sister too. So we're trying to think: is he his Ty- Tyrell Famuono? <laughs> He's the other bloke. Oh, so no. Corbs has got a free hit on him. We've got to watch out for my... Enough about Andy Snake. We've got to watch out watch out for my MCOAC. I think maybe just to to perhaps encapsulate the, the key differences in scoring and, and how we value players. Like, mm. So, you know, for Supercoach, Turbo was the man. He averaged 30, 30-odd points more than any other player in the game. That's your Nathan Cleary, isn't it? What was the gap between Cleary and everyone else in fantasy? So the gap average-wise, Cleary was 93 or 92.8 and, oh, hang on, two seconds. And I yeah, think about uh, 10. Turbo it was, was about 83, 10. yeah, so 10 points between those two. But Cleary was the better person because he had the kick meters, he had the um, the, the try the assist. I suppose sure you should have had that, but... Yeah, the unicorn points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, boys, I've oh, actually... Which is interesting because that's, that's one and two for us as well. But, yeah. again, 30-odd points between We're Cleary's 110 to... Turbo's 143, so that that scoring is huge. Boys, I've got a turbo narrative for you, actually. (laughs) Turbo's average in the bubble versus our home and away is dramatically different in our game. Like, he he averaged only mid-60s in a home and away season. When then he went to the bubble, he averaged close to 100. But what I'm feeling is in the bubble, because so many neutral venues and no crowds, he was able to keep the momentum because he never had to play away. So I've got a little analogy that... That might be his stumbling block this year. It's interesting. Well, it was a big season. It's hard to back that up. Yeah. So there is some sort of evidence to that. Yeah, that, that's that's actually fascinating. My theory with uh, with Turbo, and we've discussed it on the pod in the in the earlier kind of weeks of the year, was everything went right for Turbo to score how he did last year. Mm. And and one of my kind of mantras when I'm putting my round one side together is. You know what has to go right for this player to replicate, you know, or to, to 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 justify his value. And of course, you know, it was just otherworldly what Turbo scored. A lot of kind of tries and bulk points in the last few minutes. Everything has to go right. the The speed of the game has to stay just as fast as it was. He has to stay injury free when he's on the field. Manly have to score kind of amazing points just to get value, get yeah. return on your investment there. So very interesting to know that kind of the home and away stats versus the bubble is is another disparity because that would be another cross in in the column for him, you know, starting in round one for mine. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I, I, I have also my own little narrative about Turbo and just the scoring in general. And it's the fact that 2021, they – and I look through like the scores – Basically, per game, um, NRL teams average 46.3 points per game. Wow. Um, between the two teams. Yeah, yeah. And that compares to even 2020, that drops down to 41.8. 20, uh, 2019, it's 39.5. 2018, it's 40.7. So this is like, you know, it's a different game, you know? Yeah. You can't really compare. But even scoring wise, despite the rule changes that went on from 2018 and 2019, different interpretations and everything. <laughs> 
2021 is such an outlier. It's five over five points per game more. That's a try or two per game. And, you know, for Supercoach, like a try or two is, you know, 20 to 30 points. Yeah. So if that is one, you know, try that Turbo is not scoring or setting up per game, just by virtue of even if everything goes right, if mm. the scoring reverts back to 2020 levels, he's already still 20, 30, you know, 20 odd points overpriced even if he gets everything else going right his way. So to me, like with the changes to the rules with the, you know, uh, instead of going set restarts, they're going penalties in their own end, that kind of stuff. I'm just wondering, like, are we going to see more of a 2020 type season where, you know, still really fast paced games, still lots of high scoring games, but it's 41.8 instead of you know <laughs> the 46 um, that we were getting per game in 2021. So, yeah, yeah, that's my own little narrative. Like, even if everything goes right for Turbo, he still may not match those heights uh, because of the adjustments. It's a great narrative, Wolf, and we discussed it on the Manly Preview Pod where literally the whole team is a momentum team as well. So if Turbo goes down, the entire team's going to go down as well, which is kind of a little bit scary. I think, yeah. Corbs, any thoughts on that? Hey, didn't, you have, don't you, didn't you have him in your most recent team? Yeah, yeah, but that's kind of... <laughs> after having to help a thousand people, I've got to throw people off yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, good point, good point. Um, I've, I've chosen the in-hours just because of the price of the two, Cleary Turbo. I've gone the Cleary just because I think he realistically is sort of what you were saying, Milf, what's got to, what's got to go right to um, for him to score well? And I think Cleary's just got a lot safer um, option as opposed to Turbo, but... I know it's going to hurt me if Turbo just goes nuts, and it very well could happen. Like the the small little break he made before half time the other night in the trial just shows that he's still definitely got it. Yeah, but Andy, why don't you tell the boys one about one when he linked up with his brother? Yes, talking about the one where he linked up with his younger brother. Yeah, no, nah, this is tra- uh, trial. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. no, nah, and then yeah, he handed off to the winger to score. Yeah, yeah. Anyone? Sorry, you, t- you were going to say Andy. Tell the boys about your, your draft, how you won the draft. Like, this is just how ridiculous NRL fantasy can be at times. Who well, did you captain, mate? Well, with, with draft, it's all about your free agency. So we, we're basically, because everyone's, everyone's a pod, everyone's different. Um, <laughs> I picked up a few players, picked up Curran, picked up Walsh, picked up uh, Schuster. So it was sort of, sort of pretty stacked. I, I lost the first five games, but then towards the end, I sort of seen Milf um, was scoring pretty well. So he's like scored a 60 point. I'm like, I'll pick him up because it's a good chance. So next round again, he scored 60 points and I made it to the grand final. And I was like, well, what am I doing? I had Moses or Madison and I start, had them to start as my first round pick. I was like, I can't put them as captain. Oh, I think I just got to put uh, Milf because I was versing a Cleary. He had, he had Cleary. So I was like, what do I do? So then, yeah, had Milf as captain. He played last game. Cleary scored like 70 points. So I needed Milf to score like uh, 74. Or above 70 points, ended up scoring 75, and I bloody won the, won the trophy. The bloke didn't talk to you for two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. But Fair enough. Yeah, dude. with draft, it's, it's all about, uh, it's all about the, the free agency pickups. And, uh, like, I think that it was discussing about captaincy options, and no one liked, they wanted to bring in not putting a captain in uh, in draft, but oh, you, I'm not sure you guys don't play it that much, but I don't know, just, it's hard for me to not do that. No, uh, we uh, any draft league I play, I'm always like no captains. Oh no, no captains. Yeah, no captains. It's yes, I love this. Pick. It makes it so much harder for people picking late. Like you know, super coach. There's four standout captain options. Yeah, Any, anyone else after that is super risky comparatively. So 
no, nah, I'm always no captains. It just evens out everything more. But it's good to know, Andy, that you and I are the part of the Anthony Milford, you know, riding the wave of Milford to victory. <laughs> I was, um, I was going to wear his jersey to our draft the other day, but I just sort of couldn't find one. I was, that's under 20 bucks. <laughs> I'm surprised you couldn't find one for under 20 bucks, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> No, they said Wilf on it, not Milf. That was the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I left some around. No. <laughs> Look, to, to finish up, um, it, obviously, we've been, you've been very generous with your time. Um, with NRL Fantasy, what do you think is going to be the key strategy for you this year? I'd like to hear from each of you. Yeah, I reckon from round one, you can't have Cleary and Turbo together because it just rips your salary cap. Our salary cap is small. Oh, together, right. Uh, you, your goal is to have them at the end, not at the start. Like you got to r- realize things like balance of your team and cashies to work your way up into different guns throughout the season. Trying to get them both in there with a nine point four salary cap. So that's the other difference with you guys having ten with the NRL fantasy. They've matched it to nine point four to reflect. They try to make it like real life, but people don't realize like well, no NRL team has Cleary and Turbo as well for a reason because mm. you can't afford all these players. Well, I guess they do have DCE and he's the highest placed player, so that just kind of ripped my narrative a little bit. But I guess when you're taking out over $2 million of your cap straight off with two players and you still got to have another, what, 19 players, it just, it's just mayhem. You're going to be having just players that aren't scoring. So we just can't do that. Just to be clear, you, you're saying you can't have both, but you'll definitely have one of them? One of- For the start, yeah. I think yeah, okay. you've, got to, you've got to have a set and forget captain. So you yeah. need to decide which strategy you're going. Because I think you can take it two different ways, build a team off Turbo and build a team off Cleary. But you do need one of them from the start for sure. You guys sort of sold me on building a team on Cleary though from what you guys oh, said. Yeah. It seems like a better option. Yeah, Sim, I didn't have Cleary until around seven last year. And to think how high up the table I finished. If I think that's the biggest... Mm. Well, I'll tell you rule number two is when you're wrong, admit you're wrong and just change it. It took me six rounds to admit yeah. I was wrong. And it cost me because I had a gun team. Like I had 17 gun players, but I didn't have a captain that was averaging 90 every week. So when he was double pointing, yeah, it might not hurt you for one week, but when you think the accumulation of six weeks, all of a sudden you have to make up 300 or 400 points. And even with your gun other 17 players, you're just not doing it. So, so you're saying don't hold paps for 20, 20 rounds? <laughs> <laughs> all I heard in my head was like, admit you were wrong, admit you were wrong. I'll, I'll go with my second one or my sort of tip. It sort of leads into that, having, you can't have two. Um, it's also going to lead into the COVID, this whole COVID league. You know, everyone... You've already seen it in trials. There's a couple of people pull out. Uh, I'd say you, you can't have any nuffs. Like maybe you have like really low, but I'd say even your reserve players should have a chance of starting because then you can actually slot them in. You're not getting a zero. You don't have to turn to burn trades for those like they're pretty like they're pretty uh, desirable trades for near the season. So make sure you have a pretty de- not decent but a starting sort of reserve bench so you can slot them into your teams and versatile. So you can't have <laughs> don't have all hookers or all, all winger fullbacks because you know they're cashies, but you're going to run yourself dry. And you're going to have to make a burn a trade to get someone in your team. Yep. Does that fundamentally change the kind of way you, you budget for your side? Does it mean more mid rounds in fa- mid rounders in fantasy? Or, sorry, mid ranges in fantasy, which means you, you can't afford all those guns because you need depth in your squad. Well, yeah, it, like there's a big five really. So you got your, your turbo, your Cleary, you got your uh, Fafita, and your Hass. So you sort of have to pick if you can get two or three. Like some people are trying to get five in them. It's like you, you just haven't got enough 
um, money to spread around your team to make that to allow for COVID. So you sort of have to pick two, and if you go three, you're sort of going to be running yourself dry. But it's it's all about it. Definitely uh, attacks that because you do need to have your mids players because your mids are where you're going to get your cover from. So. Yeah, I feel like my gut vibe from just listening to you guys is Hass and Cleary would be the best two to start with. Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah. What are you doing? I think it's fundamentals, say, Corbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah Hass is – so usually people go – I think Cleary's very popular. You go a gun hooker, a gun edge or mid, um, but there's quite a good uh, few uh, duels in the, in the Crichton, Pengai Jr., then a good winger fullback, and then it's just finding the value spread throughout. Some people go for the big centre wings. So there's a couple of lot, Ewan Aiken, who's got the edge centre duel, and Matt Burton. Jack Bird. Uh, Jack Bird's another one. Uh, I haven't gone for I th- I've got Ewan Aiken in there at the moment, but I haven't gone for the other two. Um, and then sort of hoping that he can keep that edge spot, but he's risky in itself. But, yeah, the, the big one would be what I touched on before is just – back myself early on and try and save those trades. Pretty much what you were talking about with your strategy too a bit, Timmy. Um, like leave them for later on the season because mm. it's again going to be a bit of a weird year and it's it, it sort of doesn't matter really. Like trades are always going to be so precious. Mm. No, I think there's, there's like as, as I'm listening to you guys, I'm like, you know, I, we could really translate to, to Supercoach in terms of strategy as well there. So definitely have to reflect a bit on that. Uh, Corby, anything from you? Yeah, no, I just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, no, just no, gave you one. What no, do you want? You no, <laughs> wanted a good one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking a bit of dribble then, man. Like, give us some, some, some advice, man. Something to help us out here. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I meant um, I, I was going to get a cheapie from each of you too. Oh, I, I, I jumped ahead. I, I was like asking you the question before I actually phrased the question. Uh, let's, go, let's go reverse back now this time. My, my cheapie is probably Pereira. Uh, okay. Jordan Pereira. What a snake. <laughs> I gave you that, you snake. That, that you? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the, the other thing too is TK goes on with snake call. You mentioned any player. That, that, so I'll mention I'm going to Captain Cleary and TK will call me a snake. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's your last name, mate. Snake. Okay, Pereira. Yeah, I mean... I think with Supercoach, if he's named, definitely he'll be. Yeah, super I'll see. He's a wait and watch. There's, I mean, these this weekend's pretty exciting because there's a lot that are still in the mix. Um, but yeah, he, he's probably sort of one that I I've got in my team at the moment, hoping that I can keep him there because it's just a, a win-win. You get to get a good cheap in, you spend cash elsewhere. Nice. It seems like we're going to get to see a little bit more closer to what the starting sides are going to be like this. They're trial. looking stronger, aren't they? The, yeah. The re, yeah, I've found a lot of the um, coaches were like, yeah, no, we'll try to get all the boys out next week with the exception of this guy and this guy. But yeah, yeah. Like so a dress rehearsal Good to get a better look. Yeah. 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 Andy? Uh, mine was purely from the last game, last trial game. Max King, mate, absolutely killed it. Like if he gets a bench spot... I've never seen a better performance from a forward in a trials match. He was absolutely stellar. So in fantasy, a forward scoring 60 points off the bench, I think he played like 50 minutes, so he really wants a spot. So if he's in the starting side, I think he's 240K for um, fantasy. I think he's 170, 180 for Supercoach. Yeah, he's, well, I think it's just above bottom dollar. So absolutely, if he's in a bench spot as well, I'll be chucking Max King in the team too, for sure. He was super impressive. Yeah, nice. Love it. And apart from Jordan Pereira, TK? 
<laughs> Rocco Berry. Rocco Berry whoa, whoa. has played six games of rugby league in his life. He's 20 years old. His dad played for the All Blacks, pedigree. So he's ticking boxes there. But Timmy, my mate, who's on the podcast from time to time, Tim Ballantyne, he's a Kiwi boy, big Warriors fan, and he tipped me off to him last year. His last four games were amazing at centre. He averaged like 38, which is quite good for a rookie centre with literally no rugby league background. Justin Morgan absolutely wrapped on it. He's even talking about maybe him moving to fullback at some stage. Just an athletic. He had two tries, try assists on the weekend. The first one where he could have scored himself, but he was unselfish enough. The high percentage play was to give it to him. Montoya went over. And then he's catching pass with literally a split second and hit Montoya on the chest. You'd think he was a 200-game veteran. Like, some of the stuff he's pushing out, he's a physical just specimen. I think he's going to be big on both forms of the game. So watch out for him, I feel. I think he might have just got a little bit um, (laughs) sort of hidden under the... The curtains of um, Reese Walsh last year because they yeah. burst onto the scene at the same time, and I think he just sort of stole the thunder a little bit with with his little um, yeah, big time, his pretty face, and also his little pass. <laughs> yeah. really, inter- really interesting call, TK, because I'm just looking at Rocco for Supercoach because that's just he's just not someone that's been anywhere near my radar. He's the same price as Selwyn Cobbo, three twenty k, only one point five percent owned. So yeah, but the um, thing is, in in Supercoach, I don't reckon centers perform anywhere near as well as a winger. Okay. You know what I mean? So unless, like, so I think you'd want to go a Cobbo over a um, for Supercoach, I think, over um, Rocco Berry or something Because like of the that. attacking because stats as well, because we need the base stats from tackles for a yeah. center. Yeah. Well, yeah. you guys need the tries from the winger. So that's probably why I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, that's why we have a kind of that, that differing sort of, and I think yours would work better for you. And ours would probably work better for us just because of the different yeah. stats, the way they score them, right? I mean, well, Tandy didn't know like, that, though. Be- I was going to say, sorry, I was just going to say, Tandy didn't know that. So I'd go in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go, terrible. We were both like, like oh, yeah, no, no. No, <laughs> you go. No, I'm just going to, I'm going to zip it. You go. Say things. Say things, Wilfred. I was just going to say, looking at his actual base stats, though, they're, they're quite solid, even for Supercoach. So, you know. It, it, it's definitely worth considering. I think for me, it's more just like you know, maybe it's just anecdotal. Like I just don't remember too many Warriors centers over the years. Like there's been a couple, you know, mm. Conrad Hurrell, obviously big, big fan <laughs> favorite for a while, and even um, Solomon Okata for you know half the season. He really was great for Supercoach. But aside from that, maybe Peter Hiku a little bit here and there. There's not mm. been that many good mm. for Supercoach at least um, centers and and all of that. So I think. A lot of it has come down to the way Sean Johnson used to play. You know, he never really used his centre. He's not the type to give him early ball. He likes to engage the line, you know, go short to his back rower or, you know, send it out wide to the winger. And that's why Fusatua was so good for, for SJ. Like, they just work so well together. And I, that's that's my hesitation anyway. And well, they always had such not... big wingers, didn't they? You know, you had your Vatavai. You got your... Mm. What's, um... Oh, he just went to the Tigers. Mamalo. Yeah, Mamalo. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, massive sort of barging wingers. You want to get the ball to them ASAP, so usually just pass and cut out the cut in the centre. If we were the Tigers, we'd all be captains together, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only six of us, so yeah. Leadership group, leadership group. <laughs> yeah, we were saying it earlier, at least I get six captain challenges. <laughs> you know the leadership. We can't Very have snakes nice. in the leadership committee. 
<laughs> I was going to say, I was looking at one of the memes online. You know that Spider-Man pointing to each other? It's <laughs> one where there's five Spider-Man pointing at each other. Like, <laughs> Tiger's <laughs> captain's <laughs> challenge. <laughs> that's that's gold. Anyway, that's a lot of jitter. Thanks so much for um, obviously chatting with us, teaching us NRL fantasy. I've, um, I was just kind of looking at my team just then and I just, you know, put Cleary back in and I put Adam Vanua <laughs> Blake and I took, uh, who do I have? I, I think I had Stefano. I took him out, put Adam Vanua Blake instead. So, Love it. yeah, I'll keep playing around with that. I'll definitely play properly this year and I'll try to see how I can do. Um, are you guys going to play Super Coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. We'll, I'll play. Yeah, tabs on it. I, I haven't done the classic. I've never done the classic in Supercoach either. I've always just played head to head. So when I said I played before, I played head to head. Because it's a different mate. strategy, like you said, it's with the captain thing. You sort of you, you, you're you're playing that mind game, so you have to sort of yeah. play, attack it differently if you're doing classic. Nice. Who won that last year, Andy? Uh, the what? Sorry. Who won that last year? That's the end of the show, is it? <laughs> hey, Wolf, do you have like an open league for our listeners to join or us to join? Do you guys have a whole one for yeah, your podcast? We, we have, um, it's called like a, uh, I guess, an unlimited group where, you know, any any number of people can jump in there. Yep. yep. Um, so, yeah, look, our, our Supercoach group code is 899392. Okay. So it's a group code, not a league code for those who are looking us up. But yeah, we've got some prizes up for grabs and that. So pretty cool. Um, you know, we, we had one of our champs sponsor us, put up 500 bucks nice. first. Yeah, yeah. So that's there. And, and, and for those who are actually uh, our Patreon subscribers, we put up 500 bucks to match that. So nice. if you're one of our subs, you'll get 1000 for coming top rank there. And uh, second place will grab a $200 gift card um, to use at nrlshop.com. So pretty much you'll get yourself a jersey and a bit of change. Not much. Hell yeah. <laughs> unless unless PVL can save us, right? If he knocks down those jersey prices. Oh, <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get 10 uh, MILF jerseys. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for a moment, a quiet moment to, to slot that in. Hey, TK, did Sorry, you want to... Like, oh, it's a Nick Meany effect, mate. We're just on the same <laughs> way, Joey. Did you want to plug right. our one? Um, so we, got, we got a fancy one as well uh, yep. for us. If you want, if you Super Coast guys want to give it a run. Um, yep, what's the code you get a ring too, boys. Yeah, we got a ring happening. So some mad little little fancy. I've seen ring. your rings. They're nice, man. They got the squareness. I like the squareness it's, of them. It, like, it looks yeah. like a Super Bowl ring. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. yeah. I got that one. I, I always want to take it home. Like, well, it's that good. We've actually made it in our draft. We actually put extra money in, so they can actually we can get one <laughs> for for the winners as well. For sure. But the league code for if you want to get in the NRL, the Talking League Podcast Cup is DVRFR. 5TJ, but we'll put we'll both of us put that in the show notes there, Wolf, and yep. everyone can just refer to that if you just haven't heard both of us just gibber that. And we'll, yeah, tweet, so. we'll tweet it out as well. So <laughs> yep. actually, to finish up, um, so where do we find you guys on, on the socials? Yeah, it's Talking League Pod on uh, Facebook and Instagram or Talking League One on Twitter. And they're just That's talking, the number one, right? Yeah, just number one. Yep. And just Talking League if you have your podcast app. <laughs> And if we want to find you guys individually, we've got questions for you. I think we've got um, was so it the TK, same as Tristan underscore yeah Tristan K-N-E underscore K N E double L or join the direct messages that I'm getting. You might be in a little bit of a hole, but at the moment I've got a few to answer. Mine's Andy underscore Burden B U R D E N eighty nine. If you want some good jokes, just yeah, bring them on. And at JJ Corby for you. 
Yeah, mate. Yep. I just direct more mine to TK. <laughs> you know what? This is the first time they've actually known their Twitter handle. I asked them. I had to give me phone time. out. I they have got no idea. Oh, look, this this crossover is working magic. And my mum's following me. That's the only one I got. She's she's important. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, as long as she's not sliding into your DMs. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Just right, on that note. Yeah, yeah, good one, good one. I think it's time to go. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Cheers.